No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. The prevalence of domestic violence and sexual assault and shocking silence and inaction around these issues underscores the urgent need for bystander involvement. If you observe or see red flags or domestic abuse, no more excuses, no more silence, no more violence. Get involved. Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hello and welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast. I'm Jerry and we're in October now. And that is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I've been frank and upfront about how this issue is very near and dear to my heart, uh, to my very being, as a matter of fact, because my mother was a victim of domestic violence. Thankfully, she got out of that. Plus, my niece, Allie, just a few years ago, was a victim of domestic violence. And unfortunately, uh, sadly, her life ended at the hands of her abuser, uh, she was murdered at 27 years old. And in a world where nearly three out of four Americans personally know someone who is or has been a victim of domestic violence, we need to be talking about it more. Domestic violence affects people of all genders, races, and classes, and can manifest in other ways besides physical violence, including financial manipulation and emotional abuse. Given the statistics, it's extremely likely that someone you know is suffering from abuse by an intimate partner. Again, we hope by using the month of awareness as a jumping off point, we can communicate our willingness to help victims get out of dangerous situations and get help. Additionally, since many mass shootings are preceded by domestic abuse, having knowledge about and addressing these situations might have even wider effects across the whole community. Every nine seconds in the United States, a woman is assaulted or beaten. Every nine seconds. Violence against women is the single greatest human rights violation of our generation. Responding with violence is not an acceptable way with dealing with conflict. Violence against women occurs at every level of society, from the very poorest to the richest of the rich, the famous in all professions. This is truly an epidemic in society. A transformation has to be brought about in the way that men regard women. A couple of years ago, good friend of a good longtime friend of my wife Beth, her name is Angie. She was so nice in sending us court documents, emailing those to us, and sharing her story. And Beth took those and put Angie's story in story form based on the uh, based on what she was told in those court documents 
Here is Angie's story with my wife, Beth. And now I'm going to tell Angie's story. I grew up with Angie, and she is possibly one of the sweetest souls ever. She sent her court documents, took some creative liberties, and put it in story form for you. I know now, looking back, there is a slow fade into the dark world of abuse that happens over a period of time. I did not get slapped on the first date. I got charmed. Then over time, the emotional abuse, the insults, the slowly wearing away of my soul, and a sense of who I was begin to take effect. While the power and control over me is getting worse and the violence escalating, I'm just trying to keep everything together and anticipate his next move. I can't tell anyone because he convinced me that nobody would believe me anyway. I was at work one day and I got a call from him informing me he had picked up my daughter from daycare and he wanted me to get home and gather my belongings as he was forcing me to move out. I immediately hung up and called the daycare and was told that she was still there, so I rushed there to get her to safety. He had called again, threatening me during this time. He was at the daycare when I arrived. He was enraged and demanded that I remove my other daughters and my parents from the authorized people from the daycare list. He accused me of having an affair and demanded that I get in my car and go home. He told me that he was going to throw me out if he didn't kill me before I got my things packed. He put my daughter into his vehicle. So on the way, I called a friend to have her call the sheriff's department and have them to come to my home due to the threats he had just given me. Upon arrival, he came straight to my car, opened the door, broke my cell phone in half, threw it at me, hitting me, yelling, now call for help. He pulled out a gun and started screaming at me, pointing the gun at my forehead, then my chest before firing a shot over my head, then next to my foot. I was warned to go pack my belongings now. He followed me with the gun forcefully, pushing me into things, banging my head and still threatening to kill me. More threats ensued, more shots fired outside as the deputy arrived, me pleading with him that he not hurt me or our daughter. I really thought he was going to shoot me at this time, and I ran to a shed in the backyard as he took my daughter inside. After all this, I completed a petition for an order of protection. There was enough evidence with shell casings near my car, as well as the gun on the kitchen table that the officers arrested him. A few weeks later, when I went back outside to lock my car, since I'd had my hands full with groceries and my daughter, I saw him just beyond my car behind a tree, and that fear enveloped me. He approached me saying, You've cost me too much, bitch, and you're going to die, demanding that I drop all the charges. In great fear, I told him I would. He said it was too late. That's when I saw the knife. I began to run and he grabbed my shirt and pulled it over my head from behind. He started stabbing me, my arm, my face, my chest, shoulder, down my breast, my hands. I don't remember how I got away, but I ran to the back door, locked it and chained it, got my daughter into a room and called 911. I had to protect my daughter and myself. When help arrived, they found blood on the back door, the deck, and all over the house. I was found bleeding heavily and had wrapped myself in a blanket. The deputy said when the emergency personnel pulled off the blanket, my wounds were so deep he believed that I would die. His residence was searched and they found the blood-soaked shirt and jeans containing his wallet and keys after his girlfriend recanted her story that he was with her. While in jail, 
he discussed his case with another inmate and asked him what would happen if I failed to appear in court. The inmate told him if I did not show that he would have an excellent chance of getting off. He made it perfectly clear that he wanted to have me killed. Later, the inmate wore a wire recording the conversations of having me killed in exchange for $2,000. Nearly a year later, the court sentenced him to 25 years for attempted first-degree murder, 12 years for the solicitation to commit first-degree murder, and six years for aggravated assault. My body is healing. My emotional healing has finally started, and he has since come up for parole, and I had to live it all over again. Thank God it was denied. My friends, do whatever you can to learn the signs and get help now while you can. Thank you, Beth, for putting that together, and thank you, Angie, for sharing your story as we Highlight Domestic Violence Awareness Month during the month of October. More to come on Soul Ramblings Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. A woman in this country is battered every 15 seconds. Women living with disabilities have a 40% greater risk of experiencing domestic violence. Nearly 8 million days of work per year are lost as a result of domestic violence the equivalent of 32,000 full-time jobs. The leading cause of injury to women ages 15 to 44 is domestic violence. Each year, about 324,000 pregnant women in this country are battered by their intimate partners. Most domestic violence offenses are not reported to law enforcement, and sometimes it's just too late. Every day, three women are murdered at the hands of a current or former partner. Help is here. Call the Florida Domestic Violence Hotline or visit fcadv.org for more information or to find your local certified domestic violence center. Beth also had another encounter with domestic violence with one of our neighbors, and here is that story. I arrived home from work one day, and I heard a ruckus going on on the bottom floor. I heard blood-curdling screams. I couldn't tell as I was walking up the stairs if it was coming from the bottom floor or the second floor. So I was trying to listen, and by the time I got up to the third floor and inside our condo, I could still hear the screaming and the yelling. It finally stopped, and a couple of days later, my neighbor on the bottom floor asked me if I heard anything a couple of days ago, and I told her that I did, and she asked me to come in, and she told me all about it, and there was a young girl, I think she was like 18, 19, 20 years old or something, who had been staying there for a few days because her boyfriend was abusive, and she needed a break from him, and she was trying to leave him. Well, he managed to track her down and found her while she was there alone, and that's what that battle was about. So I took the opportunity to sit and talk with her for a few minutes because the death of my niece Allie was still fresh, very fresh. And I could just see this young girl, you know, I don't understand. I just don't understand. But anyway, I asked her what his name was and then I asked her if I could read something to her. And I replaced the word love and put his name in every time in the scripture from 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7. And I'm going to read that to you now, and I'm going to place my name in it. And it was suggested to me uh, several years ago to 
put your spouse or put your name in it as just a self-reflection to see if it's really true about you. So I'm going to read that to you now. Beth is patient. Beth is kind. Beth does not envy. She does not boast. Beth is not proud. Beth is not rude. Beth is not self-seeking. Beth is not easily angered. Beth keeps no records of wrongs. Beth does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Beth always protects. Beth always trusts. Beth always hopes. Beth always perseveres. And she started crying when I finished. And she said, no, he does not fit that. I said, girl, you need to run. It's not going to change. And about a week later, she went back to him. And we haven't seen her since. So, yeah, it's it's going on all around us. These are our neighbors. These are people we know, people we work with. It is all-encompassing. The Domestic violence, it, it seems to be everywhere. And I just read a book, uh, actually just a, a few weeks ago, I picked up a copy of Tara Westover's Educated. And I'll have to admit, it was difficult to read, but it was impossible to put down. It's a powerful, powerful book that you really shouldn't miss. And I can't just leave it at that because Tara's story deserves more than just a few words. It it sounds kind of odd to say how beautifully written this is because we're not spared the ugly details of what this family was about. And yet it is beautifully written. I had to remind myself several times while I was reading it that I was not reading some gritty novel that Tara and her family were real as I got more than just a glimpse of a life that was hard for me to even imagine. A religious fanatic father hoarding food and guns and bullets and keeping his family off the radar, not filing for birth certificates, not getting medical attention when they needed it, avoiding the government, the feds at all costs, keeping his children out of school, the paranoia, the preparation for the so-called days of abomination. This is what we find in this place on a mountain in Idaho. There are horrible accidents, and he won't even get medical help for his family, his children. Her mother's healing herbs and tinctures are used to treat the slightest scrape to the most horrible head injury or burns from gasoline to an explosion. If something bad happens, it's because that's the will of the Lord. Her mother seems at times more sympathetic to her children, but she is complicit by her subservience to her husband. I don't even know how to describe it other than gut-wrenching to see the effects of this family or on this family of neglect in the name of religious beliefs and in reality, mental illness. It isn't just her father, but the brutality by one of her brothers, which is more than awful and creates rifts between family members. That she was bold enough and somehow found the will to rise above it all while she is torn with the sense of duty of loyalty to her family, the ingrained beliefs, still loving her family, is miraculous. Going to college was the first time she'd been in a classroom. She didn't even know what the Holocaust was. She learned about slavery, the Depression, World War II, the Civil Rights Movement. She, do, she doesn't just get a college education, but ultimately a Ph.D. from Cambridge, a Harvard fellowship. She struggles for years to discover who she was, who she could be, a scholar, a writer, an independent woman. This is a stunning, awe-inspiring story that will haunt you long after the book ends. Full disclosure, I really had a tough time reading this book. 
The physical and emotional abuse made me want to put it down and forget about it. The manipulation, the abuse she went through left me speechless. While not unique, family issues are still happening. And domestic violence, we talk about domestic violence during this month of October, and it's going on in families, brainwashing your own self into thinking that it's your fault, that it wasn't that bad, or that you imagined it will hit way too close for comfort for a lot of people. Tara Westover's writing was beautiful and her courage to get an education and stand up for her family and to her family was inspiring. I recommend it if you can stomach it. I give it four out of five stars. It's educated by Tara Westover. Okay, got some new things happening here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. Been telling you since the beginning of Soul Ramblings Podcast last fall that we have a Spotify playlist. We have the Soul Ramblings Spotify playlist. Well, now we have a second playlist on Spotify, and this one is strictly country. <laughs> what has happened is, you know, Beth and I have kind of, uh, we've always had a love-hate relationship with country music. We have discovered this new artist. He's a local artist here in our town in Florida, and we go see him every time that he's playing or every time that we can where schedule will allow. And his name is Eric Vaughn, and he does a lot of country, classic rock, and that sort of thing. And we kind of overlook the country, and as we've gotten to listen to him and hear some of his original stuff, we've really started liking some of the newer country that's out there. So we put together this playlist, and it's inspired by Mr. Eric Vaughn. And I'm going to feature him. This song is on that playlist. Got a link to the playlist in the show notes. This is called Down Here on the Island. It's from 2013, I believe, he released this. He's got several other things going on. We've got links to all of his social media and ways to listen to him in the show notes as well. But right now, check this out. It's Down Here on the Island by Eric Vaughn on the Soul Ramblings Podcast. Head on down to the island, man. There ain't no place like it, and I'll tell you why. Check it out. The sea of the island yeah. is where the sun fell with love of the sea. Mm-hmm. And if you come down here and you're wondering why, just take a look around and maybe you'll see. Your worries away. Mm-hmm. There's no time for tears when you come down here. We're gonna make you get to feeling okay. Ah, here we go. Check it out. There's the sun in the sand and cold margaritas, and every bartender is sure glad to meet you here. Down here on the island. Yeah. 
from the brand new Soul Ramblings Country playlist on Spotify. It's called Down Here on the Island by Eric Vaughn. Check out that playlist. Link is in the show notes. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer worked tirelessly to make sure drunk and impaired drivers are held responsible for the wreckage they cause. Incredibly, Florida does not mandate that all drivers carry bodily injury liability insurance. As such, Florida has one of the highest uninsured motorist populations in the country. Many drivers carry only minimal coverage, providing only a fraction of the protection needed by those they injure or maim. If you or a loved one were injured as a result of negligent conduct of an uninsured or underinsured motorist, the team at Becker and Lindauer can help in making sure your legal rights are protected. With over 45 years of combined experience, call today for a free consultation. Area code 941-567-6728. Again, 941-567-6728 or visit their website. The link is in the show notes. On this episode, we are focusing on Domestic Violence Awareness Month because that's what October is. And the big nationwide story that has put the focus on domestic violence in recent weeks has been that of Gabby Petito. Her disappearance and death captivated the public consumed by anguish for her family in the highly publicized case. 22-year-old vanished while on a cross-country expedition with her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. Her family last heard from her on August 30, two days before Laundrie returned home without her. An autopsy was performed on a body that was found in Wyoming, and it confirmed the remains were those of Petito. Police named Laundrie, who disappeared himself, as a person of interest in the case. And this case has received overwhelming media attention and public scrutiny. Body cam footage and a 911 call before Petito's death raised questions about possible domestic violence issues between the couple. Now, as we've already said, domestic violence is a preventable and widespread public health problem that cuts across race, age, income, sexual orientation, religion, and gender in terms of both victims and perpetrators. A video released by the Moab Police Department shows an officer pulled over the couple's van August 12th after it was speeding and hit a curb near the entrance of a national park in Utah. And experts have said the body cam footage is rife with red flags. Laundry appears calm, laughing, and bonding with the officers despite initially speeding away from them. One seems to say that he understands Laundry because he's been married for several years. Laundry calls Petito crazy 
but he says he cares about her anyway. And I want to park right there just a minute. Brian Laundrie told officers with a chuckle while they questioned him and attempted to sort out the couple's dispute, she's crazy. Crazy because she's extremely emotional in the back of a patrol car trying to answer their questions, all the while covering for him so that he won't get cited, charged with domestic assault, or spend the night in jail. Crazy because he jokingly called her that and now has planted the seed in officers and us that are viewing this in our minds, wondering if perhaps she is crazy. All the while, he gets to play the part of the poor patient partner who must deal with such an irrational person. Crazy because she takes all the blame of what happened that morning despite being slapped by him, according to a witness, and somehow convinces herself that it truly is all her fault. Is she crazy because she feels immense guilt and is profusely apologizing for making him upset or walking on eggshells just to prevent him from having another outbreak? Crazy because she is visually traumatized, terrified, and expresses fear of him locking her out of her van, driving off and leaving her abandoned outside in 100-degree weather. Crazy because her body language in the photo that was from the police department, the body cam photo, is of someone who is stuck in a hopeless cycle, living with fear and anxiety. While he's relaxed, cracking jokes, attempting to charm the officers, and laughing without much concern. Crazy because she has developed major anxiety over the course of their relationship, and anytime she cries or gets emotional, he mentions that he tries to distance himself from her instead of offering comfort and love. Crazy because she has goals of pursuing her own dreams of being a successful blogger, and all she hears is his voice telling her that she really can't do any of it. Yeah, Gabby Petito's case brings light and renews much-needed attention to the issue of domestic violence. A lot of domestic violence happens behind closed doors. It's not always the physical abuse that you can see, but it can come in forms of manipulation and gaslighting. Years of emotional, sexual, and verbal abuse can escalate to the point where the victim no longer trusts their own judgment and have to come to terms with their daily life being the norm. It's important for an outsider to see the signs, and it can be very difficult to spot because sometimes they're subtle. Domestic violence can appear in the form of financial abuse, where the victim is convinced to quit their job, hence no longer having control over any of the finances, which will make it extremely difficult to leave their situation. The abuser may also take on loans or credit cards in the victim's name and damage their credit score. Domestic violence can appear in the form of the abuser eliminating a family vehicle, leaving only one for themselves, and now the abuser can control what the partner does and where they go. Domestic violence may come in the form of the abuser putting the victim's cell phone on a shared plan, and at any given moment, the phone can be shut off so that the victim is unable to connect with friends or family or have any outside influences. Tracking devices in a cell phone can monitor phones, messages, and location, demanding to know passwords for email and social media accounts, which is technological abuse, that allows the abuser to limit and heavily monitor interactions and prevent the victim from having a voice or asking for help. 
Domestic violence can appear as a single parent with two small children having no way to make enough money to get an apartment, so they must choose living in a household with the occasional beating and verbal and mental and emotional abuse versus becoming homeless and risking child protective services, taking the children because they are unable to afford a place to live. Domestic violence can appear in the form of social media posts with videos and photos portraying a strong love and immense happiness in the lives of the abuser and their victim. These posts often mask the real pain. Domestic violence can appear in the form of the victim being insulted, intimidated, shamed, and humiliated in front of one's own children, being yelled at and constantly berated while the little ones watch on and absorb unhealthy examples. Domestic abuse can appear in the form of the abuser going to just crazy extremes, you want to talk about being crazy, to prevent their victim from leaving, from threatening to hurt or kill them, threatening they will win custody of the children, harming or killing the pets, reminding the victim that they are worthless and will never be loved by anyone else. And the list goes on and on and on. One of the most dangerous times for a victim is when they try to leave. It may take many years of persuading themselves to reach out to a family member or friend and then decide and then escape. If you suspect or know of anyone in a toxic situation, an abusive situation, talk to them alone and let them know that they can reach out to you whenever needed. Gabby's homicide is absolutely devastating. Her case has become a national sensation and raised awareness for domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and how easily subtle signs can be missed. Gabby's death can spark conversations on how situations like this can be prevented, how we can raise children to focus on problem solving and conflict management skills, how to cultivate a healthy self-esteem and self-worthiness, and how survivors can work through their increased anxiety, depression, PTSD, and rely on therapy and the support of friends and family to rebuild new lives. And if you're listening to this right now and you're a victim of domestic violence, the National Domestic Violence Hotline allows you to speak confidentially with trained advocates online or by the phone, which they recommend for those who think their online activity is being monitored by their abuser. They can help survivors develop a plan to achieve safety for themselves and their children. Call them toll-free, 1-800-799-7233. Again, 1-800-799-7233. Okay, coming up next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, we're going to do something a little fun. On Facebook, on our Facebook page, link is in the show notes, also on Instagram, We've got this thing, there's a meme there, and it says, with your phone's predictive text, finish this sentence. Jesus told me to blank. I'm looking forward to your responses and uh, invite you to go to our Facebook page and Instagram page. And just a little fun thing. Jesus told me to blank and let your predictive text finish that sentence. And we'll have those reviews, uh, those results actually, coming up next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week as we recognize Domestic Violence Awareness Month during the month of October. 
And here's the last piece of advice for you. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and have a great rest of your week. Until next Wednesday on the Soul Ramblings podcast, grace, peace, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.